Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is Episode 9, Words for White Christians. We are broadcasting live, well, live for me, from the virtual Power of Change headquarters here on the road in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm your host, Reed Monahan. I'm going solo on this one today because I'm out here in these woods in Texas, here with you from the road. I'm out here serving uh, just a great church, some friends of mine at the Paradox Church here in Fort Worth, and Pastors Jim Esian and A.J. Hamilton have uh, invited me in and preached three services yesterday uh, here for their congregation downtown Fort Worth, and then doing some staff development today, and then some kind of uh, training for some Christian leaders in the city uh, tomorrow. But while I was on the road, I'm set up here in a conference room here in their offices at the Paradox, and so you may hear some background uh, shuffling around or maybe some conversation in the hallway because my microphone picks up things pretty well. But for the most part, it should be just me and you. Jesse and I will be back together here uh, for Episode 10. It's going to be our holiday edition, so look forward to that. It's going to be wonderful. Talk about the Christmas season maybe some of our traditions, some things we do with our families, and then also some history around the celebration of the incarnation of Jesus. Well, today, uh, what I want to talk about in this brief episode, I'm just going to give some words uh, for white Christians. Let me define those terms as we begin. Words, well, I'm just going to share some kind words, some encouraging words, uh, and hopefully some challenging words for walking with Jesus in our time related to issues in our culture, and by this I mean, you know, Western uh, civilization context, 21st century, walking in our culture uh, in relating to one another cross-racially and gospel ministry uh, together in the kingdom of God with people from many tribes, ethnes. Um, I'm using the word white here today. Uh, By that I mean Caucasian, or as some of our friends years ago would say, our peach friends. Uh, nobody's really uh, white as a piece of paper or anything, but I'm using the word white and not words like, uh, I don't know, Anglo. And by this, I mean white people living in post-colonial times here in the West. I don't like the word Anglo. Let me tell you why. I know church planting demographers and missiologists many times will talk about the white church using the term Anglo churches. Well, Uh, That's a word that's derived from a particular tribe of European white folk. And my name is Monaghan, as in Monaghan County, Ireland. And guess what, people? Celtic people are not Anglos. In fact, there's some history there. We could go in on that. So I would recommend all of you not to use the term Anglo church. Uh, Why don't you just say white churches? That's what they are. Typically, white churches aren't socially conscious that they're a white church because they've just kind of been doing it. Uh, But historically, white churches, church leaders, and Christians, I want to talk to you a little bit today. Uh, Words for white Christians, final word, followers of Jesus who wish to build and continue to build a more just society for all people and to manifest the nature of the kingdom of God. Uh, I want to talk to you today, Christians, who uh, might even be leaders in your churches, leaders in white churches, or just have scratching your head as a white Christian in America today and how to think about, respond to some of the racial uh, issues that we are addressing together in America today. Well, why do we want to talk about this? Well, recently, there are several influential African-American leaders uh, in the black church or in black culture in general that are Christians associated with some of 
evangelical movement in America, per se. Men like Lecrae, hip-hop artist, Grammy-winning uh, artist Lecrae. Uh, men like Brian Loritz, Eric Mason, pastors whom, whom I respect immensely, have critiqued what has been called, quote, white evangelicalism. Uh, now, evangelicalism has kind of been a a theological social movement associated with certain doctrines. I don't want to get too technical today on that terminology because evangelical, as Jesse and I have talked about here before, is a term that uh, I personally don't use uh, to identify with because some of the reasons we'll talk about today, uh, that it's typically identified as a political movement rather than a theological movement when just used as a, a term uh, in broader culture. But historically, evangelicals are defined by a high view the authority of the Bible, high Christology, Jesus is both uh, fully God, fully man. Christ died for sinners uh, to save people from sin, death, and judgment. Uh, these types of beliefs that Jesus resurrected physically, bodily, literally from the dead, uh, and will come again to rule and reign. Uh, these kind of ideas theologically have been associated with evangelicals. But today the term white evangelical has been used uh, to describe uh, maybe a social construct based upon historically white power structures and influence. And there's been some critique of this, even to such where um, some black leaders uh, saying, oh, well, we need to start some counter um, start our own movements for black and brown people. I love the way my, my man Jerome Gray has said that, you know, black and brown people have different uh, needs in the urban context that maybe aren't addressed or maybe not even conscious. Certainly white evangelicals have shown recently maybe they don't care uh, about these things. So how, how do we respond to this? I'm just going to give you four words uh, for us today. Rejoice, support, grow and build. This is my, these are my words today for white Christians. Rejoice, support, grow and build. What do I mean by this? Um, well, if there are people who want to reach others with the gospel and build churches, conferences, theological training, specifically to impact and influence those in the urban context and maybe from a different race than you, I just want to call us simply to rejoice in this. Uh, praise the Lord for theologically driven brothers who really care about people, uh, care about neighborhoods, care about historical plights of people's injustice. And I'll just say as a white Christian, I just want us to, man, we need to be supportive uh, of this and rejoice. Support. Well, if there's opportunity that you have as a leader, a white Christian leader, um, Caucasian uh, to support uh, institutions, movements, conferences, church plants uh, that are theologically driven uh, and specifically speaking to the needs of justice uh, with people that are different than you, I'd say go in, man. Financially support, uh, personally support and encourage. And not like a PR thing, like, oh, look, we support people. Uh, do it on the down low, man. Uh, be invested personally and financially if you can, in supporting things that are being built uh, to point people to the Jesus of the Bible, uh, the Middle Eastern Jesus of Nazareth, uh, the one who is fully God and fully man and risen from the dead. Rejoice in these movements. Support where you can. Number three, I want us to grow. I want all of us to grow in racial uh, IQ and understanding. 
you know, many times in social media, I've actually taken the time to read some of my uh, black Christian leader friends' social media posts, whether it's about a police uh, shooting incident or uh, current political things surrounding some things our president has said or says, um, and then the vitriol that's poured out on these brothers is just unbelievable. It's kind of indicative of our time and abuse of social media. We just shoot off at the mouth any and everything. And I do believe these kind of interactions have not been helpful at all. And certainly people who want to dismiss without listening, uh, to uh, write off concerns as unwarranted without walking an empathy with someone else, uh, actually uh, cause more harm to racial understanding, racial IQ, and then racial joy, interracial joy, uh, that we might have the opportunity to build together. So I want to encourage you to grow in listening so that you might uh, uh, see your own racial IQ and understanding increase. Uh, all of us have various experiences. Maybe you've grown up in a multi-ethnic context. Maybe you've grown up in a mono-ethnic context. But all of us can learn and grow as we learn about one another. Uh, r races are not simply big blobs of people. These are social constructs created, created by people. Uh, created by people in power, created by people to oppress other people. Um, and many times, certainly, there are cultural rhythms and there are cultural uh, uh, things that we cherish and love in our uh, racial groups, so to speak, because we grew up together, right? We grew up in families, we grew up in neighborhoods. Um, but people are also individuals with passions, uh, interests, and desires, and hopes, uh, love our children. And the beauty is we can grow in racial IQ and understanding. And um, I think white people in particular, because they have not had to learn about other cultures or have not had to uh, understand the plight of people who may be living in difficulties they don't uh, or they have not experienced. And by that, I'm not saying uh, that all white folk have it easy or have everything given to them in America. Not the case. Not the case at all. But many times we haven't had time to really listen, be taught by and understand what it's like to be a black or brown person in America. And we need to grow. And we grow by listening. Uh, we grow by learning. We grow by seeking understanding. We grow through friendship. And we grow in relationships of love and gospel-based friendship and relationship. But the Bible says in First Peter, love covers over a multitude of sins. And I thank God for various friends of various backgrounds who have uh, forgiven me because they know me for my racial faux pas and mistakes and uh, when we try to learn and we, we step on each other's toes and in all sorts of directions. When you grow in listening and loving in relationship based on the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christians, um, a beautiful thing can happen where we are enriched by our uh, differences in the way God has made us in the narratives of our cultures that we've grown up in and beautiful, beautiful relationships can form as we grow in racial IQ and understanding. Well, where can those things take place? Well, my fourth word for us, rejoice uh, in those seeking to build things to reach folks with the gospel. Support those things where you can and those friends in the truth. And then finally, grow uh, in our racial IQ and understanding. Personally, where can that happen? Build. My fourth word for you is build. We need to be building communities that are transcultural and multi-ethnic. This is our future. And the motivation for this isn't demographics. Oh, the demographics in America are changing. We better change the church. That's not a heart change. Uh, 
That's not a heart for justice and not a heart for love, not a heart for community. That's a love for like pragmatic building of stuff, outcomes. Well, the demographics are changing, so we better change our white church, our Asian church, our black church. Um, Transcultural, multi-ethnic communities, uh, the motivation uh, for these things is biblical truth. Biblical truth. And so um, we need to grow and build these things. How do we do this? Well, on a personal level, uh, we need to grow in having symmetrical friendships, symmetrical friendships. What I mean by that is that uh, we need to have friends for the sake of having uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, not as some sort of racial uh, classroom, but rather as a place where we might love and serve one another. Um, Don't have, you know, again, these are words for white Christians, Uh, white Christians out there say, oh, this is my black friend. Uh, well, you need a friend, um, and then you know you don't want your friendship based on your blackness or your whiteness. Although you understand those things as you grow in friendship, when you have symmetrical friendships, they're two-way streets uh, of giving and receiving. Uh, it's not a power thing; it's a friendship. And you know what? Do, what, do, what do we talk about with people who we might befriend? It's from a different ethnic or racial background was well talk about your families talk about your loves talk about your sports talk about your jobs not just that you're white or black you will hear those things as friendship grows white people need a long-suffering focus and what i mean by that is that look if somebody wants to tell you about the things uh perpetrated by white folks in the past uh you know listen listen in in humility um you need to focus and care and not simply want to, uh, you know, make excuses or dismiss uh, the past. Uh, we need to be uh, long-suffering in these things. Uh, you need to take it if someone wants to go in on you a bit about some things that have done. Maybe, you know, look, I'm not saying you did it. I'm not saying you're in the clan. I'm not saying anything like that. But I am saying there are things that we just need to listen to and patiently uh, focus on love in those contexts. We also grow through lifelong commitments. This has to be a commitment of your life. If you're a white person, you may not have to have interracial react, uh, interactions of significance depending on where you live. This has to be a commitment, has to be a purposed focus of life. Um, you need to challenge your own politics. You need to challenge your own politics as you grow. If you're a liberal leftist or a conservative uh, on the right, you need to challenge these things with the scripture. Uh, there are things in the platforms of the major political parties that Jesus and the Bible would deeply challenge. And if you can't do that, or if you can't allow someone else to do that, uh, you have to make sure that you're not putting an ideology or a political ideology above God as your highest commitment. And when that happens, uh, there there is a quick realization. People are seeing through this today. Um, where, oh, character matters, then you, then you we elect a president that, well, character doesn't matter because the Supreme Court matters. Or, uh, you know, when when we say things uh, like that, being a values voter, uh, and then we don't stand by our values for the sake of political expedience, these things are hurtful sometimes to racial relationships. Racial relationships. Also, um, we need to be readers of things, uh, and as we read, not just simply have a mental debate with them. Uh, there are many very good books out today that would help us from different racial backgrounds and even help us understand things 
if we learn from them and listen as we read and not just engage in a mental debate with them or a dismissal of them. Uh, I'll share a few resources uh, now and then at the end and when I give a, a list. But uh, a great place to start was a book called Divided by Faith. We've mentioned this before, uh, Emerson and Smith. It's a great book to see how black and white Christians see things uh, from certain perspectives historically. And I do think it's helpful to build understanding. The books by uh, Tabidion Webley, uh, The Faithful Preacher, Black History Encyclopedias. I have these at my house. I read them. Um, there's a book out recently called Learning from a Legend, uh, written by a man who's half white, half from Hon Honduran descent. Um, Jared Alcantara's book, Learning from a Legend on the Life and Preaching of Gardner C. Taylor one of the great Christian leaders of the last half of the 20th century. Uh, you can grow by reading these things and receiving from them. And as you grow, enjoy. Uh, enjoy learning from different people. Man, I've been so enriched over the years. I don't even know why, man. When I was a little kid, I got invited in eighth grade into the Black Culture Club. I was the only white kid uh, in there from eighth to twelfth grade. And I was called honorary, the anti-spot and all this stuff, the negative Negative is an old connotation to photographs where if you flip the negative, people look really white. So I was the negative uh, in the yearbook photos. But I was so blessed by friendships and learning uh, about history of different people uh, than where than the Irish people where I come from. Um, and over the years, that's continued. I can't tell you how much fun I've had hanging around people of different races than me. Um, even just silly stuff like if you if you've not played spades man cards with somebody's auntie trying to shut down her nephew smacking it sticking cards on her head my goodness so much fun or some of my uh, most blessed times when I was a campus minister at Virginia Tech with athletes in action some of these young guys that I was friends with I was discipling mentoring and I would sit with them as they watched the JV football games on a Friday we play these military academies and things that had some really good uh, players and our JV guys have gotten playing to, and just to listen uh, and laugh at the banter and the way we cheered on these young cats playing on the football team. Some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Um, there's great joy uh, with some of our Asian Indian friends that we've uh, uh, grown close with over the years. Uh, learning about what it means to be a Christian in southern India versus northern India, Hindu convert versus someone who grew up in a very uh, churched uh, Indian context. There's so much joy to be had. Uh, and food, man, you like to eat, man. One of the most blessed times we had at our, at our old church, Jacob's Well, was our international lunch where everybody cooked it up, dressed up, uh, and, man, we tow it up. Such a good time eating all sorts of great food together we grow and and as we build multi-ethnic communities and transcultural communities i'm an advocate for this uh, i'm not saying that mono-ethnic churches are bad or anything like that but i believe that building communities christian communities based on the gospel based on the bible uh, gives us the context for us to grow in transcultural understanding and love if you're interested in planting churches like that or helping uh, turn your church in that direction um there's an essay that I wrote that's on acts29.com, a church planting organization that I serve. Um, it's called Planting Multi-Ethnic Transcultural Churches. And I just give some experience that we, we've had in, in trying to establish communities like this 
uh, on the earth. And so I'll just run through quick things on that. I'll put this in the show notes so you can read the whole thing if you like. But number one, uh, building new communities like this, we have to ground our practice in the transcultural theology of the Bible. Uh, the Bible uh, is God creating all people from uh, the, fir- the first people, all nations that dwell on the earth. And so, uh, and then he's saving and redeeming one new man out of the many nations, ethnes, peoples of the earth. That God's intention is a transcultural kingdom. The kingdom of heaven will be this way. And we can pray on earth as it is in heaven. If you're going to approach this, you have to make it a non-negotiable. It's just too easy not to go through uh, the the flexibility, the humility, uh, the ne- necessary changes that have to be made by white people in order to plant a truly transcultural community. In fact, some of my uh, non-white uh, friends uh, are very suspicious of, of white guys wanting to start churches like this if they don't have a certain uh, willingness and understanding to submit to other people and follow. Uh, ground it in the Bible. Make it a non-negotiable. You, you have to say, I'm in on this. Uh, number three, specifically seek out partners who share your passion. A community should plant a community. And if you're planting a church, build your core group from the beginning uh, to share leadership uh, and not just be of all one uh, ethnicity. Um as you begin to shape things, uh, there's a lot of things practical uh, to think through if you're, if you're going to be together. Um, we thought through everything from kids' curriculum. It had the wrong kind of pictures in it. You know, all white people or Jesus had blonde hair. Never going to happen. Uh, pick curriculum that has a representation in its, uh, in its illustrations so that all of us feel like our children uh, are being raised together, not simply in a cultural way. Um, public leadership, um, the pulpit, the platform uh, has to be diverse. People walk in, they don't see people, they're like, the same for me. That's true if it's all Asian, all black, all white. Uh, the platform on a Sunday morning, if you have a Sunday morning gathering, uh, what does it look like? And that should be very thought through. Video testimonies, who's sharing, who, whose stories are being told, seasons and celebrations and holidays. Uh, we celebrated Black History Month. Uh, we'd, we'd write black history, Christian biographies uh, in, in February. Um, sharing leadership, not just um, tokenism, but actually sharing leadership with one another. Um, open conversations provoked by the pulpit. If the pulpit is, is silent on various issues of justice in the world, people will feel alienated by this, and people will leave. Uh, you know, a, a guy gets shot, uh, and there's silence in the pulpit. Um, it hurts. It hurts uh, for people to hear that silence, particularly in church they may love, and they're trying to build together. Uh, the leader's uh, lead pastor particularly has to be all in on that, and then you will need perseverance in the call. Um, you know, the world loves to retreat to its own, to its comforts, to its preferences for what's normal and easy. Um You'll have painful conversations. You will hurt each other. People get mad on all sides of things. Um, and you have to persevere in that because the beauty of the transcultural bride of Jesus Christ is worth it. The Lord can do something wonderful in all of our hearts together as we live together in transcultural church communities. In summary, make it a personal theological conviction, non-negotiable. Try to start out that way for planting a church, lead together. 
and submit to one another. And then we can rejoice together in the one who's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who made all the peoples of the earth uh, sovereignly, Acts 17, uh, set the times of their dwelling places. And he is calling people uh, to repent of sin, to receive grace and forgiveness, uh, to be delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus, from every tribe, tongue, and language, to be a kingdom together of priests, to declare his glory amongst the nations forever and ever. This is our calling together. Now, personally, I'm just going to be honest, you know, um, I've wondered if some of my black friends think I am white evangelicals. I don't know, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying my best to love people, bleed for people, um, and then be mutually empowered one to another. People help me, I help people. Um, and in the kingdom, my hope and prayer is to build together uh, with uh, white Christians, Asian Christians, uh, Latino Christians, black Christians, Christians from every uh, part that might be in your community, building new things together for the coming generation where we might rejoice in this. Okay, final word real quick. Um, this is for what I'm just going to call woke white people. All right. Um, I want you to be careful in the way you relate to others. Uh, there's a tendency that I've seen, uh, maybe uh, someone whose racial IQ has been developed a little bit more, or certainly white women married to black men. I've seen this very strongly. Um, that you see things so clearly uh, in a beautiful way, but sometimes you don't realize that others are not, uh, you know, as far along in the conversation as you. Uh, your tendency can be sometimes just to blow people up. I'm not saying you should empower nonsense or not speak out loudly for justice. Do that. Please do that. But you want to be someone who is a friend and a teacher to maybe white folks that ain't woke uh, because we want to build our coalition uh, who care about justice, care about uh, equality, service of one another, uh, laying down privilege for the sake of one another. And so don't just blow everybody up. Now, there is a time for that. I'm not saying don't be prophetic, don't be clear, don't be strong. But I'm saying you, you, one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. One of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And Jesus taught us to love our enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Um, and that's our role. And so years ago, a friend of mine, uh, Michael Sylvester, what's up, Mike? You probably never listened to this. Uh, told me in a private conversation uh, that I can say things to white folks that will come off differently than if he says things to them. Uh, and I want to encourage you, if you have a level of wokeness and you're white, uh, use your influence in compassionate ways for change. Uh, win friends. Win people to a new vision. Um, and don't just call them the clan, blow them up. Unless they're in the clan, then call them the clan, blow them up. Not physically blow them up, but you know what I mean. Um, you want to build with people and help them make the next step of understanding. And by doing so, uh, we do a great, great, beautiful thing, I think, for the kingdom of God. And I just want to shout out to uh, some uh, brothers of mine. I'm not going to name all the names. I just want to thank God for black Christian people who have been so patient, so kind to white people. Uh, to help them forward. Uh, 
I've heard so many ridiculous things said in your presence where the godliness, humility, and character displayed by you in these interactions has made me see more of Jesus Christ and made me more convinced of the power of the Spirit to work in our lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as we close today, this is not a full review-ish, but I do want to list a few uh, books. Divided by Faith, Michael Emerson, Christian Smith. Uh, United by Faith, the Multiracial Congregation as an Answer to the Problem of Race by Curtis Paul Young, Michael Emerson, George Yancey, and Karen Chai Kim. A wonderful book about saying, hey, multiracial congregation uh, as a solution. Similar Passion by my friend uh, Derwin Gray, the high, defin- high definition leader building multi ethnic churches in a multi ethnic world. D. Gray can set you up uh, there. Uh, my friend Leonce Crump, his book Renovate, Changing Who You Are by Loving Where You Are. He certainly has a lot to say about the word transcultural in that book that I think is very helpful. And then finally, Building a Healthy Multi Ethnic Church by Mark Demiaz would be a great book as well for those who want to create or help shape these kinds of communities. Friends, these things are sometimes sensitive to talk about, you know, and sometimes uh, there's the principle that I heard uh, 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 Glenn K. Ryan and Raleigh Washington from Chicago years ago say, many times we just retreat into WWB talk, white people talking to white people about black people, or BBW talk, black people talking with black people about white people. Uh, And some of the most fruitful dialogue can happen when we live in close proximity, loving friendship, gospel relationships as brothers and sisters in Christ. We love you here at the Gospel Underground. We want to thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with our holiday edition with my my brother, Jesse Fury. Uh, he'll be back with us here soon. And I want to give thanks, as always, to Sugar and the High Lows for allowing us to license the song, See It For Yourself, as our theme song. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhoeffer House. If you have comments, feedback, or questions that you might, or things you might want us to take up here in Discussion on the Underground, you can send those to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. We hope to see you there. Holla back. Peace.